Hi, this is Cole. And this is Carly. Welcome to our podcast, Streaks and Shivers. Today, we'll be reviewing Sleepaway Camp from 1983. To give you a short summary, Angela Baker and her cousin Ricky are sent to a summer camp. Soon after they arrive, anyone that crosses her path either gets hurt or die. So just or die. <laughs> Just to give you guys a short um, list of the characters, our main characters are Angela. She's the main character, her cousin, Ricky. Then we have some mean girls, Meg and Judy. Um, We have the love interest, Paul. We have this creepy cook named Artie, the main owner of the camp named Mel, and then also some counselors named Frank and Susan. And Meg is also a counselor, but she's also a mean girl. So, Uh, Just a quick uh, pop in right there. Uh, the uh, counselor's name is Jean. Oh, yes. I put Frank, but it's actually Jean. Sorry. Yeah. Frank is our police officer who really doesn't do anything. <laughs> yes, because he arrives at the end. So, Cole, what did you think about this movie? Oh, my God. It really is from the 80s. You can tell. Um, How do I say this? I thought there are parts of it that are really good and then there are parts of it that are really bad and if you want you can take a deep look into this movie and really see it as like um like you can dissect it and take a part of it yeah take a part of it and really look at you know like some big topics some hot topics like uh transphobia um homo um like not homophobia but you know what I'm saying there was a little bit of homophobia in there. I would even argue more homophobia than transphobia. Yeah, it's just, and like maybe in a way you can even take it in a positive light, like, like you know, forcing a gender upon someone who does not um, tie their identity to that gender can be harming or damaging. Um, kind of going back to what you said about this movie being set very much in the 80s, it was filmed in 1983. I think the very beginning of the film, it starts off kind of slow. It has like the idyllic, like it just shows you the nice little pictures. You have this lake where boats are on it. You have the camp. You have people just enjoying their their summer. And then you have this horrible tragedy. But before that tragedy strikes, you see these young people talking. And it's just the dialogue is so cringy in that first scene. Oh, yeah, it was definitely, like, um, in a way, it felt like watching, like, that scene and essentially the whole movie, it didn't feel like a big budget movie. It felt like, like, um, you know, something you would get out of, like, a, like a Dollar General, like, from their movie bins. I will say that the dialogue did get better as the movie progressed. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that very beginning scene felt very uh, clunky. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, And then kind of starting off from the beginning, like we know that there's this horrible boating tragedy where essentially Angela's dad and sibling dies in it. And then she has to go and live with her aunt and her cousin Ricky. And then we do a time jump like eight years later where Ricky and Angela are going away to camp. And then they go away to camp and then things start happening at that camp. But before they actually leave to camp, we meet the aunt who has essentially been raising Angela. And she is a very, very odd lady. 
Like, she has a way of saying stuff, and then, like, she'll tap her, like, fingers against her face, and, like, with her red nail polish. And she's like, oh, no, no, that wouldn't be good at all, would it? And it's just, you, you get the idea that this lady's a little off, like, she may be a little insane. Yeah, and I feel like the director was like, you know what, um, uh, Aunt Martha, you just do what, you know, you just do what you need to do, improvise. And she... She played an interesting character. I can say that. I wouldn't say it was great, but yeah, she definitely gives you like she's crazy. And I could, I understand why her husband divorced her. <laughs> can you imagine having a conversation with that woman? Every time she says something, she has to be like, oh, no, no. <laughs> and yet, despite all of this, somehow Ricky comes out okay. Yes, he's had some anger issues, but he's always there to defend his cousin. Oh, yeah. Ricky's the star. Like, he's definitely, like, the best character out of this whole uh, movie. So, once they arrive to camp, um, things kind of are very weird. We see the kids getting off the bus. Like, a t- lot of them are excited. They're running to their camps. There's a whistle being blown, and they're told, hurry, hurry, hurry. And then off to the side, we see, like, the kitchen crew. And the main cook is a creep straight away he makes this comment at the very beginning about the kids still being baldies and then one of the other ones laughs and says um they're too young to even know what you're talking about and then he's like there's no such thing as too young so just by those words you kind of get a feel that this guy is like super 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 creepy oh yeah whatever happens to him is justified Oh, yeah, like, his death is the only one that, like, truly was justified. And you know what? It doesn't even show that he dies. Like, just that he's injured really, really severely. I know. Out of everyone, the pedophile doesn't die. So, the reason Cole's calling him a pedophile here is we later learn, like, three days into camp, essentially everyone thinks Angela is a mute because she doesn't talk. And she hasn't been eating so one of the counselors, Jean, takes her back to the kitchen and is like, well, we'll look around and see if there's anything you see back here that you'll want to eat. And so he lets the main cook, Artie, who is a creepy guy, know that Angela, like, um, isn't really eating and if they can find her something she likes. So then he leaves her with Artie, trusting that this guy will be a professional and try to, like, meet this child's dietary needs instead Artie, being the creep that he is takes her into the walk-in freezer and starts to like unbuckle his pants which lets us know exactly what's about to happen and then angela's cousin ricky busts in saves her and they run out of there before but right before that um Artie like picks ricky up and slams him up against like some of the food in the bin and threatens him like you didn't see shit and it's like okay Artie yeah right after that um you know Ricky takes um Angela gets her out of there and Artie goes back to cooking with the rest of the crew um his secondhand man has to leave the kitchen and Artie's like working with this really big pot on the stove you know they're they're out of camp so they have to feed lots of people and this pot is gigantic it's literally like the size of Artie himself. And he's a big guy. So he's yeah. up on a chair. Huh? 
Yeah, and he's adding salt to it because they're about to cook some uh, corn in it. Corn on the cob. Really? That's what it was? Yeah, they had just got done husking a bunch of corn to put into the big pot. Oh my gosh. So yeah, like, so he's getting the pot ready. And while he's doing that, he's up on a chair and someone sneaks into the kitchen and they grab a hold of the chair and they start to pull it from underneath him, which causes him to start to lose like his, um, what is it? His like, um, his balance. So Mm -hmm. he has to hold on to like this, um, stand in front of him. And as the person keeps pulling on the chair, They finally pull it off where he grabs the pot and brings it down on top of him, bringing down all this boiling liquid down onto his face and hands. And we just get this gruesome scene where his like skin is essentially like burning or cooking. And as he's screaming, his um, the guy who helps him cook comes in and sees him and they call the um, ambulance out. So he is the first person to be injured at the camp. And at this point, they talk about possibly shutting the camp, but Mel, who's the owner of it, feels like they can do some collateral damage. They can kind of keep it hush-hush, and the camp can stay open. And um, right there, we already know, like, this is kind of a shitty, not a shitty, but a shady camp, because Mel is paying off his workers. And then even the second hand, like the cook, sec- um, Artie's second hand man, says Artie always had a little devil in him. What what does that mean? Hmm? He always had an eye for children. Is that what you're meaning? We're just going to like your coworker literally, I don't know. I just felt like it was crazy how they overlooked that. What I what I learned in this movie is that in the 80s people were absolutely animals, Cole. Like I have growing up, I went to a lot of camps, a lot of summer camps that were mixed between boys and girls. And the things some of the boys did on these camps, and even some of the things the girls did, I have never witnessed at a camp in my life. Like, they were some horrible, horrible people. In the 80s, people just did not have morals. That's what I have learned. Oh my gosh, no. And let's just say the misogyny and the pedophilia was rampant. Yeah, like, they're, like, Throughout this entire film, it was just young hormonal boys trying to sexually assault young girls. And I'm sorry, guys, we didn't mention Angela is only 14 years old. She's a baby. She's a young girl. Yeah, but I mean, even then, like the boys aren't much older. They're between 15 and probably 17. Oh, yeah, but it's just so weird to see, like, the two, um, who was it, later on in the movie, we'll come across this scene, um, yeah, I don't know their names, I didn't write it down, but it's, like, Bill or something, and they're hitting, like, they're trying to to go skinny dipping with them, and they're tall boys, they look like you said 17, and it's just weird to see 17-year-olds talk to a 14-year-old in that kind of context. And I mean, my thing is, they, they talked to every single girl they spoke to that way. So, like, yeah, you could excuse it as, oh, well, Angela was just a weird girl who was getting picked on by everybody, which she was being picked on by a lot of people. But the guys would speak like this to even more of the popular girls. And even they would get even really, really angry at the popular girls turning them down and say rude stuff to them and get mad and, you know, just blow up at them. And it's like, wow, this used to be really normalized, huh? I'm glad I was born in the 90s where this behavior wasn't really appropriate by the time I got into 
my teen years. Yeah, and even our shining star, our knight for Angela, Ricky, he even plays into it. Like um, when he first shows up at the camp, he tells Angela, oh, Judy is a girl I dated last year when I came to camp. And she's, you know, grown up. She's, I guess, is going through puberty and she's flirting with some older boys. And when he tries to talk to her, she brushes them off. And then later on, he tries to talk to her again. And she's like kind of, you know, saying, brushing them off. And he calls her a bitch. And it's like, dude, it's yes. summer fling. Like, Ricky, leave her alone. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, like, they kind of did the actress for duty dirty. She is one of the mean girls in the film. And yes, obviously, she is more developed in the boob area. But I swear, the actress herself looked a lot older than the teen in her face. Yeah, she did. But I'm just going to assume she's around Ricky's age, which is 15, since they yes. did last year. Um, and she gets killed in a horrible manner, too. I will say, for a slasher film, the murders were very, very, like, unique in this film. My thing is, and here's the thing, in a slasher film, the she's the second girl to die. Both girls die in a way that's kind of like, how do I say this? I'm not trying to make it super nasty or gross, but there's like, like when someone stabs someone, like, didn't we talk about this in our other episode? About how stabbing can also be um, like a substitution for rape. Mm-hmm, exactly. And both, well, one girl stabbed in the back and the other girl, Judy, is killed in a graphic manner that I will not go into detail. She uh, is suffocated with a pillow and has a curling iron, um, a hot curling iron inserted into her. Yes, she's sexually assaulted um, and suffocated to death. And in a way, it's like, why only the girls? And I don't mean like, like, I don't know how to say it. I don't like want, so... If you're going to do the girls that way, do the boys the same way. You know what I mean? I have a theory about that, and but we'll kind of wait till I go into that. Um, the second death is caused by a, one of the boys who's been bullying Angela a lot. He's one of the older boys. He's probably like 17. He goes to use the bathroom, and he's locked in the um, bathroom stall without realizing it, and the screen behind him is cut open, and a hornet's nest or a wasp nest is like put into it with him and they he ends up getting stung by like the insects yeah he's um he's actually our third person killed and he's stung to death and the second person before him boy like his friend his name was hold on let me bring it up in my notes kenny kenny goes out to the lake with a girl and he tips the boat over. I don't know why. I guess to be like cute. And she swims off in a huff. And somehow um, our killer is able to push Kenny under the water and drown him to death. Okay. I guess I overlooked his death. Yeah. And, but Mel plays it off as like, you know, just a drowning. So by the time this third bolt person dies by getting stung by all the insects the camp ends up losing a bunch of campers. Like a lot of them get um, like taken out of the camp by their parents and go home. Which is crazy. I guess, was there like, maybe I overlooked it. Was there a scene where that happened or was it just stated? So it was just stated because Mel talks about how angry he is that the killer has like hurt his business and they're having to like move everyone into like, like 
they're consolidating everyone into like smaller cabins since they don't have a lot of people left. And I think at this point, after the third kid, uh, let me see what his name was, uh, Billy, he dies by the bees. I think once Billy dies by the bee, I think Mel really starts to focus on Ricky and he thinks Ricky is our murderer. Yes, because anytime anyone has kind of messed with Angela, somebody dies and he doesn't think Angela did it. He thinks because Ricky's always coming to Angela's defense and Ricky has a temper it must be Ricky killing people. And Ricky does have a mouth on him. But it's crazy. Ricky, like, defends Angela or, like, you know, cusses and stuff. He gets in trouble. But the boys will literally be doing something of equal or worse value. And they get off scot-free. Yes, I agree. Um, I also kind of think that Mel was a bit of a creep, too, though. Yeah, because Mel actually had a date with Meg, who was very young and she's one of our counselors yeah she had to be like 18 19 and mel's definitely hitting that 50 or 60 maybe 40 40 or 50 oh he is definitely older than 40 that guy (laughs) had gray hair cole like well i have gray hair and i'm only in my 20s but cole he had gray hair wrinkles look like a grandpa and there we go again, guys. There is that 80s. <laughs> well, it's happening nowadays, too. So not just in the 80s. But yes. But uh, So right after the bee death, um, we have a scene, uh, you know, kind of like the camps continue. Um, Angela's actually becoming closer to Paul. She and Paul have started to strike up a relationship. He actually, uh, he knows what happens to Angela's uh, family. And he, uh, he shares like a memory or something with Angela. And she starts to open up to him. But anytime he tries to kiss her or he does kiss her, she has like these terrible flashbacks. And one of them is really weird because one of the flashbacks is when her and her twin brother walked into their room walked into a room and saw their dad and his lover his male lover like i guess in mid like in intercourse or just saw them together and that was a really weird scene to add to me yes maybe it's angela having trouble with her own sexuality i don't know so that is kind of a theory i, I just have. thought it was a- so i'm gonna kind of let like I'm going to spool the end of the movie and just let everybody know what happened. So at the end of the movie, we find out that Angela has been the killer the whole time. So she's killed everybody. She killed Artie the cook. She killed Billy. She killed Meg. She kills Judy. And she ends up killing Paul. And she cuts Paul's head off. And um, they find out after she's killed Paul that Angela is actually, I believe, originally named Peter and so Mm -hmm. Angela's technically a boy but her aunt Ricky's mom who is kind of crazy always wanted a girl so once Peter came into her household she forced him to go by I believe a sister's name Angela and pretend to be a girl and you know that's really gonna mess you up could you imagine having to pretend to be your dead sister And so I think that's why, like, the acts against Meg and Judy were so violent. Yes, they were really mean to Angela slash Peter, and they, like, really bullied, you know, Peter. 
slash Angela. I'm going to keep referring to them as Angela because that's how we knew him throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fact that we saw him get stabbed and then we saw Judy kind of get like not only suffocated but sexually assaulted. I think it goes back to the fact that Angela is actually Peter, a boy who was trying to reconcile not only that he's a boy who was raised as a girl, but I do believe he has attraction to women. And so that's why he doesn't like Paul touching him. That's why he didn't like Paul kissing him, you know, because he's actually attracted to the girls. And that's why he acted out in such a vicious way. Yes. That I, I get that. I see that. And then, but I hate the way it ends. It shows um, the Angela character, who's actually Peter, standing there naked with Paul's head covered in blood, hair completely messed up, completely naked. And then that's when you realize this is a boy. But if you look throughout the whole movie, it had to be a female female actress playing this character because the face was way too feminine. The voice was way too feminine, you know. Oh, yeah, completely. It is a female actress playing um, Angela. And in a way, it's like, do you think it would have been possible to have a male actor play that part? I think they could have tried to do it, at least. That way it was more, rather than doing this gigantic twist at the end, where it's kind of a little bit almost unbelievable. And in a way, do you think it's kind of like the ending's just shock value? Like, oh my gosh, it's Angela, completely naked, with a penis. And then yes shuts off I do think it is because it's like that's how it ends and there's no like explanation there's no true resolution it's just wow the person we thought who was killing all these people actually turned out to be a boy and that's the big shock value is that it's a boy doing it who was secretly raised as a girl yeah and then in a way it's kind of like like to me like at the time I bet that did not help any trans people in society yeah or even like you know gay people because we have the part where judy and meg like accuse angela when they they still think angela's a girl at the time of being queer oh when did they do that when when judy points out that angela never showers with them like at the Uh, same time as them that she always showers by herself okay okay i remember that scene and they're like, that's really weird. What's wrong with you? Which is stupid, but I've actually seen that happen in real life. Oh, yeah. I was just, uh, I was thinking of when she was talking about her probably not reaching puberty, and that's why she was ashamed of it. Well, yeah, she points that out, but then she also says, or maybe you're, like, queer. I remember that. Yeah. And then Ugh. we have the scene with her dad and her, her dad's lover together. Yeah, and see, that was such a, like, can I say something? Out of this whole entire movie, why was that necessary? Like, honestly, like, it could have just been the dad playing with his two children, you know, wife's gone, wife's, um, wife passed away, because we never hear about the wife. Like, what was the point in including the lover, Lenny? That's what I wanted to know. What did it do to the movie? What did it add? What did it take away? I just think that it adds this ideal that maybe the reason why Angela is acting out is because of confusion about their sexuality, which uh, could be possible later once we realize 
oh, they're actually a boy. I just, I don't know, like, the whole twist at the end, I get it. I, I mean, I don't get it. I, I see your point of, like, why the, um, it makes sense why the murders against the women were, or the young girls was so much worse than the guys. Because if you look at the way the guys died, it's very, like, drowning, dies by bees, um, shot in the throat. Mel does get died by getting shot in the throat. It's just the girl's death, and there's only two, and it's Meg and Judy, and those are the ones who are mostly around um, Angela, so it would make sense that she would be attracted to them if she did feel that way, and why she killed them in such a horrible manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I felt like the way it ended was kind of questionable, and then the fact that it just ends with this kind of her standing there like a Bigfoot. <laughs> like a Bigfoot picture. You know what I mean? Like a like, snap the snapshot. And it's like, I think she's like, when they find her, the counselor and the police officer, I think she's hissing like an animal. She is making some very weird sound like an animal. Because originally she was singing and then she stands up and she starts making that sound. And they're like, she's a boy. Oh my god, it's so it's so dumb in a way. It's like I don't know, like, and it's like her method or her reasoning for killing is so strange. Like, why did she kill Paul? Like, did she kill Paul because Paul continued to like try to sexually advance upon her, and she was like, "I'm gonna chop off your head." Did she kill Paul because Paul made out with Judy, and she was like, "I love Judy," or did she have some sexual attraction to Paul and was like, "Paul." Judy, y'all betrayed me. Now you die. I honestly think with Paul, it could have been like she may have had some sexual attraction to him and not known how to handle it. So you chop off his head? Because it's like she did get jealous when she saw him and Judy together. Oh, yeah. But then it's like you said, it was she jealous that Paul was with Judy or Judy was with Paul? Hmm. See? It's now, really and, Yeah. And then it's just like, I don't know, like, it's, and it's like, what? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling for a bit. Um, Some of the deaths, I felt like there should have been a second person. Like, honestly, if Ricky was helping her, I wouldn't have been surprised. I honestly thought she was going to have, like, a split personality. Just because, like, in the times where we see her attacked as Angela, she doesn't fight back. She comes across as very frail and, like, hesitant to defend herself. Yet, we also see her doing all these things where she's able to stab people, attack them, push them into boiling water, you know, drown them. Maybe in a way, suffocate them. the sister and the brother are still, like, mentally, like, like, how do I say this? Like, Angela is the sister, and she's the one who's calm, quiet, and good. And Peter, the brother, is the one who's doing all the murdering and stuff. Yeah, but it's all technically Peter the entire time. Yeah, it's Peter just with his um, sister's personality. Yes. I don't know. Very strange. Very strange movie. It brings, it throws a lot up in the air. And then it's like, um, can we just focus for one second on how Mel beat 
a 15 year old to almost to death. <laughs> like, he literally had no evidence, just was like, I know it's you, Ricky, because he found uh, Meg's body. She was stabbed to death in the shower, and we know she's Angela, but Mel thinks it's uh, Ricky. So he chases, like, he catches Ricky and, like, beats him up and almost beats him to death. So. Things that I didn't really meet, think were necessary for this movie, but happened anyways. One, Mel beating Ricky up, I did not feel was a necessary thing. Two, was the three little kids who get killed in the movie. That was so strange. Why did they get killed? Did I overlook that? I think they got killed because they threw dirt at her when she was, like, climbing out of the water. Oh my god. You they really, stand at her. You don't really want to piss off Angela. <laughs> <laughs> she just went carry on everybody. She was like, if you ever wrong me, you die. And then again, huge camp. Angela's moving at the like speed, like she's moving very quickly. She not only kills those kids, kills Meg, kills uh Mel, and then still has enough time to meet up with Paul and chop his head off. Mm-hmm. She is, like, busy. And for such a quiet girl, she she must have a planner somewhere. (laughs) And she also kills Judy. This is all within, like, I didn't, I guess I really wasn't paying attention to the time. But, man, she's, like, killing these people really quick. Well, like, the people she killed off, like, all in the same night, it would go, let's see, how would it go? It would go Meg, Judy... Mel. Mel, the little kids, and then Paul. Yeah. So, yeah, that's still a lot of people to kill in one night. Yeah, and to not get caught or not be seen. And then, like, I'm just saying, if you butcher, like, if you're smash, if you're hitting someone with an axe, or I assume she killed them with an axe, I feel like you're going to have blood, like, splatter on you. Yeah. And when she meets up with Paul, she's not covered in blood or anything. But her hair is messed up. Oh, that is true. So but maybe that's she... the only sign that anything is wrong is that her hair is a little frazzled. And then she even tells Paul, I think she tells Paul uh, to get undressed. And Paul thinks he's probably going to get lucky with a 14-year-old. So he starts to undress. And I think that's when um, Angela gets him. Yes. Um, I do want to say it did try to mislead us away from Angela because we see her sneaking around. And then Paul, like, comes up on her, and then he scares her, and then he asks her what she's doing, and she's like, I thought you were the killer. Oh. So it does try to, like, mislead us a little bit away from thinking she's a killer. Or that could be further support that maybe when she's in the Angela persona, she doesn't realize what's going on. And that if she's in the Peter persona, that's the one doing all the killing. You know, that's a big possibility because it seems like at the very end, she's just completely broken. She's like, there's nothing left. There's no Angela. There's no Peter. There's just an animal. I would agree with that, too. I do think she has like a mental break at the end. So overall, Cole, how would you rate this film? Oh, um, uh, a three out of five. Like, it's an interesting movie and I do enjoy some of the characters, I just think, like, the way, like, uh, this movie felt, it just, 
I keep comparing it to the, our other movie and I don't think I should compare it to um, Friday the 13th. I just think Sleepaway Camp does do a great job at making a, a, a horror movie, a slasher movie about a camp. I just think there are elements of it that um, didn't age well in our time period. I would agree with that too. I think if I was watching this in 1983, it would be a great movie and I could excuse a lot of it just based on the culture at the time. However, watching it in 2022, you do notice a lot more of that stuff. And then another thing, maybe it's just the character herself. I just don't think Angela would be killing that many people and succeeding. So maybe secretly Ricky was helping her because he does tell her several times they're not going to get away with this. Oh, really? But we don't know what he means by that. Like, we don't know if that means, like, he's going to help her do something to get them back. Or if he's, like, just means, oh, we'll, like, play a small prank on them or something. And I haven't seen any of the other sleepaway camps. But there are five more spinoffs of this movie. And I wonder if maybe Ricky is a killer or one of them. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, because I really do think she would need assistance. So that's why I'm giving it a three out of five. Just because the killer doesn't feel like, like, I really can't believe that Angela's the one killing everyone. And also just because I don't think it aged well. Like in Friday the 13th, a middle-aged woman and the way she killed those people, I definitely could believe it. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time she's just slicing your, she's like coming up behind you and cutting your throat. Yeah. Like, that seems pretty believable. But I mean, some of these deaths, like, all of these deaths happened by surprise, too. Like, nobody was expecting it when they ended up getting killed. Mm, True. I just think, like, the butchering of the kids, possible. I feel like you would have got caught in that or she would have got caught. Because kids are going to scream. Unless, I guess, maybe they were all asleep. And what's the other one that I I really feel like that one was completely out of place because those kids really didn't do anything oh yeah and then Kenny too Kenny drowning just the way how I just don't understand how Angela could have drowned him yeah and how she was even out there in the middle of the water with them especially since we know she's not crazy about water exactly well any final thoughts on this one well I um I didn't get to ask you uh what would you rate this movie Oh, I would also probably give it like a 3 or a 3.5 for the same reasons. Okay. Um, do I have any thoughts about this movie? Yeah. Um, ugh, don't try to force gender. Like, don't try to, I don't know, force people into genders they don't want to be. Um, especially if it's forcing them to be their dead sister. Oh, God. Uh... What is it? What was I going to say? If you die on a lake, there's a good chance. Or if you experience somebody you love dying on a lake, there's a good chance you will become a killer. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. That And see, that's another thing. I wonder what... I should have done a little more research on this. I wonder what came for Sleepaway Camp or Friday the 13th. Because um, the way, like what you just said, it involves their loved ones dying in the water and then them becoming a killer. I almost want to say Friday the 13th came first, but Sleepaway Camp could have been first. I don't really know. There I... is that scene where Mel dies being shot with an arrow that was very similar 
to how somebody died in Friday the 13th. Oh, that's very true. One of the female counselor dies that way. Mm-hmm. Mm, look at that. Look at those comparisons. Um, uh, before, uh, another thing that really stuck out to me in this movie was just the language and the outfits. Oh, my gosh. The way guys used to dress back then, uh, shameless. And when Ricky told, was um, messing with the batters when they were playing baseball, and he told, he's like, this guy sucks off dead dogs. That really stuck to me. <laughs> yes. I feel like stuff used to get put into movies that really wouldn't be allowed in the movies nowadays. <laughs> Could you imagine someone saying, you suck off dead dogs? What, like, what, what saying is that? I have no clue. Maybe that's just how boys talk to each other, Cole. Uh, what about you? Any last thoughts on this movie? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. Alrighty. Well, I guess that is all for Sleepaway Camp from 1983. And it is rated R, guys. Um, You can watch this on Prime if you're interested. And if you are, if you want to send us any comments, any feedbacks, or your stories, you can reach us at shrieksandshiverpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and please send us your reviews. We'd like to hear from y'all. Yes, we would. Um, If you like this episode, please tune in next week, and we will be continuing our Summer of Slashers. Ooh, Summer of Slashing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.